So um, his speech therapist was amazing. Um, and I was so sad to lose her when she moved out of state. But she brought something up with me that really kind of resonated where she said that our goal is not necessarily to get him speaking. It's to get him communicating, whatever that communication looks like. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair podcast brought to you by Rocco Blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we will be discussing how to find time for self-care when both parents work while raising three children and two with special needs. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. Before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing our community's preamble. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truths, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and the dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel lack, feel sorry for ourselves, be angry. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. Before we get to the show today, let's do a breathing exercise and just take some time to find that inner space where all of the worries of life disappear. So if you get a straight spine, sit up tall and straight and let your eyes close. And then we're gonna inhale and tense our whole body and clench our fists. And we're gonna exhale and release and relax. Inhale, we're gonna do that three or four times. And then we're gonna sit in the space that we created. So here we go. Inhale and clench your body and your fist. Hold it. Exhale, relax. Inhale, clench. Hold it. Exhale, relax. Inhale. Hold it. And exhale, relax. Now you're just going to inhale one time and hold it and exhale.
and then sit in that place you created. This is the place that we can go when the stresses of life, because in this space, there's no missing mortgage payments. There's no dirty homes. It's a sacred place. I'm slowly learning about the higher consciousness and the sacred place that it is. Um, and I hope that you all join me on this journey. But I'm excited to get to our show today. I'd like to introduce you to Casey Nicholson, who is a mom of three beautiful children, two of which are on the spectrum. Three days a week, she works at a pharmacy while dad's home with the kids. And the other four days, she's home with the kids and dad works in security. Doing art is a version of her self, uh, Casey's self-care. It's not something she gets a ton of time for, but it's something she thoroughly enjoys. So welcome to the show, Casey. Hi, thank you for having me. Where are you calling in from? I am in Medford, Oregon. Medford, Oregon. Wow. Yep. We're about an hour north of the California border. Is it a big or small town? I'd say it's fairly small. Yeah, I think my girlfriend and her two kids just got back from Medford, Oregon. I'll have to fact check that later. It doesn't really We do matter. have an airport, so I guess we're kind of big, but <laughs> they drove. They took a road trip to Oregon. How old are your kids? I have a ten year old who is on the spectrum, a six year old who is not, and a two year old who is on the spectrum. Ten year old, what was the second one again? Six year old. Six-year-old, and are they boys or girls? Or the two oldest are girls, and the youngest is a boy. Okay, and the middle child's a quote-unquote typical child. Yeah, I mean, a little hyperactive, but. <laughs> oh my, for the ten-year-old, when did you notice that something was going different than how you thought it was supposed to go? When she was around four years old, is when we started to notice that. I could understand her and dad could understand her, but nobody else could understand what she was saying. She wasn't making full sentences that people could understand. It was almost like jabber for everybody else. And she was our first, so we weren't very experienced parents. We were only 21 when we had her, so we were pretty young. And it took us a while to see that there was something going on. And her doctor was actually the one who recommended that we get her tested. And what age was that approximately? Um, that was about four years old is when that whole process started. But we didn't get an official diagnosis until six years old. And even that diagnosis is not the best diagnosis. <laughs> How did that settle in for you and your husband? Well, my husband's brother is on the spectrum as well, and I have an aunt who's also on the spectrum. My aunt's going to be living at home with her mom for the her entire life she's uh, has the mental capacity of an 18 month old wow. so when we first found out that she was autistic i'm looking at the two people that we know who are on the spectrum and i was terrified <laughs> i didn't know what to do i didn't know where to go 
And luckily, we had some really great people who were there who helped us get her set up with an appointment for an assessment and get her into some therapies to help her with her speech and things like that. You feel like that helped? Oh, yeah, for sure. And was dad there? At the yeah, time? dad was there. Okay. How did dad react? It was same as you or different? I think it was, he was a little bit more comfortable with the diagnosis than I was just because his brother is on the spectrum. And so he'd lived with it pretty much his whole life. He was okay with it. <laughs> really? That's the best way to do it. It certainly wasn't my journey. I took all the rabbit holes you can take and mm -hmm. not positive <laughs> ones as well. So you're basically getting the diagnosis while you're pregnant and having your next child, right? Yes. So I was pregnant when we went up to Portland to get the diagnosis because there aren't any people in Southern Oregon that can give a diagnosis like that. Wow. So we had to drive across the state to get her a diagnosis. And that whole process started when she was about four and our appointment finally came around when she was six. And that's when that whole thing, a whole adventure started. <laughs> but luckily, when she was six, she was already in school. So the setup was already there because she already had an educational diagnosis. Okay. I remember the days when it was pregnancy. And obviously, I was in the other side of it. So I won't speak much of it. But <laughs> pregnancy and hormones and kids and sleep deprivation and finding out something that you can't hardly comprehend is just like mm -hmm. a storm. And I'm, I'm happy to see you smiling. Your youngest is how old again? He's two. So you figured out pretty early that you feel like he's on the spectrum? Yeah, we figured his out fairly early. We kind of knew a little bit more what to look for because after we got the diagnosis for our daughter, I just dove into all the research that I possibly could and all of the warning signs and things because I was really attentive with our second one to make sure that if she showed up as being on the spectrum, that um, we'd get her stuff earlier. <laughs> wow. So when he came around and he seemed to be typical until about a year old, he had started talking and he had a couple of words that he could say, like duck was one of the words that he said. Um, one of his first words, which is funny. <laughs> he all of a sudden, just after a year old, just lost all of his words. It was like we'd gone back to like six months old where he wasn't even jabbering or, you know, no babble, nothing. He was just silent. That was when the worry kind of set in for me. And um, I started talking with his doctor about getting him an assessment done. Was there anything that happened in life that you can tie to that moment? Not really. I can't think of anything that happened at about a year old that would have changed things for him. Yeah. I don't mean so much like what we ask ourselves because we can question ourselves. Like, did I do, did I eat something wrong? Did I mm -hmm. wrong? And I, I just feel I have a lot of empathy for parents that are going through that part of the process. Mm -hmm. because I don't think any of the parents, you know, 
did anything, right? Yeah. Just the way life's unfolding. Yeah. Uh, and you have a lot of courage. I really admire at a young age, like how you've been able to sort of move through this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my oldest son had regressive and did the same as well. And I can go back and look at pictures up to before he had it. And it's just, I start sobbing because he's looking at the camera and smiling, or he's at the table with his hands together praying, you know, and, and it's just, it's on, um, I can't explain. Yeah. It was a big change. He went from this really happy bubbly boy who could tell us what he wanted and could understand what we were saying to not really smiling a whole lot and really not talking at all and not really seeming to understand what we were saying either. It was a little heart-wrenching for sure. For sure. I had my moments with all three of them where I was worried that I was doing something wrong, uh, that I wasn't a good enough parent or something like that. And luckily my husband's amazing. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's so great. I usually tell people that if you're concerned that there was there something that you did and you don't need to be concerned because if you're that like caring about being a parent, I think the ones who maybe are responsible are the ones who are still living a lifestyle where they are checked out or don't care and then they don't recognize it. But I mean, I can tell your kids are lucky to have you a mom and you say that dad's a great dad. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about how they're difficult? What is a difficult day for your oldest look like for your youngest with the unique needs that they have? With my oldest, she's pretty she's a pretty social kid and on her bad days she just checks out. She will be up in her room and she's either reading or on a device or something to that effect so that she's just not really not really being with us at all. <laughs> Is she high functioning then? Yeah, she's pretty high functioning. She started out in a special needs um, preschool and then partway through, I'd say about halfway through the year, they were like, you know what, we think that she would do better in a regular preschool. So they, we moved her over to a regular preschool. And since then, she's been in regular classes and everything. Really, her issues come in with socializing because she's so social. She just doesn't recognize boundaries. She doesn't recognize that, oh, this person doesn't want me to hug them or, you know, be right up there next to them or <laughs> things like that. So when it comes to making friends, it's really difficult for her to make friends. How's that working for her? I mean, is, is there bullying? Is there friends? Is are, Have there been people that are bigger than the typical mean younger kids thing happening for her or is it just kind of a lonely path she's had some bullying from some other kids her age i don't think that there's really been a whole lot of kids older than her that have bullied her it's happened here and there because she'll just you know off the top of her head say things that other people might think of as rude so she does get that kind of kind of difficulty with making friends and with bullies and things like that but She's had a couple of friends that she's gotten really close to. She had another friend when she was in first and second grade who was on the spectrum. 
and they got along really well. Unfortunately, that friend moved out of state, and so they're no longer friends, but... Yeah. And then your youngest, how does his difficulties play out? His bad days, there's a lot of biting and pinching and throwing things and hitting. His is a lot more violent. (laughs) His are a little bit more difficult, I'd say, than, than my oldest. Because hers, she just checks out and isn't a part of the family for a little bit. And for him, it's primarily hitting and pinching and biting me he won't do it to my husband but he'll do it to me wow (laughs) so i mean for a little while i had bruises all over my forearms because it's the easiest place for him to get to and the hardest for me to block from him because i'm using my arms to block him i got questions for a little bit about where the bruises were coming from and things like that people definitely questioned that because i would have these gigantic bruises all over my arms wow Luckily, that's gotten a little bit better. As his communication has grown, his bad days are not as bad. There's a lot of whining, a lot of fit throwing, throwing himself on the floor kind of things. But the biting and the pinching has gone down quite a bit. That's great. It's hard enough to be bitten by your kid and have bruises. And then when you have like other people looking in like, you know, wondering if they need to say something or get involved when all you're doing is your best is... It reminds me of a story. I have a lock on my son's door because he'll just go out and eat everything in the kitchen, eat through the banana rinds and everything, right? So if we're not walking him or feeding him, then he has his TV room and and he's in there. And I brought it up on the phone one day and two days later, Child Welfare Services showed up at my house and they said, I heard that your son is being locked in a room. I had to go to the doctor and get a prescription from my the pediatrician stating that the lock was it's hard enough, right? Like Yeah. And they just mean well too. Like it's not like people were trying to get me. Yeah. So, so is your son developing like it sounds like his speech is growing, would you say? Or Yeah, yeah. His communication has grown a lot. And not all of it is verbal communication. Some of it is he knows a little bit of sign language. He's done a a little bit as far as signs are concerned. Um, But a lot of it is just him processing the information that he's getting in and being able to show us what he wants. So um, his speech therapist was amazing. um, And I was so sad to lose her when she moved out of state. Um, But she brought something up with me that really kind of resonated where she said that our goal is not necessarily to get him speaking. It's to get him communicating, whatever that communication looks like. Uh, That's a great tip. So what's something that you're excited about for both? your special needs kids like right now? My youngest is going to be going into a early preschool in September. Really excited for him on that. He loves playing. He loves going there because we're already going there um, as kind of a transition type therapy. So he gets used to it. He enjoys his time there so much. He doesn't want to leave. Um With my oldest, we're going to be trying a different medication for her that we're hoping will help her socialize a little bit better, not feel so. Because the one that she's currently on, one of the side effects is depression. 
it, it broke my heart for her to be depressed. The first time she came to me and told me that she wanted to die, I was, I started just sobbing. And then she was worried after that because she didn't want to make me cry. She was worried to tell me that she was feeling sad or feeling depressed. But this new medication that we're going to be trying for her is supposed to have less side effects like that. It'll still help her focus like she needs to focus in school, but she'll have a lot less of the, the side effects like insomnia. <laughs> oh, wow. How does it work with the your middle child? Is there Are you spending a lot of time with the other two and all of their needs and having difficulty? <laughs> kind of spreading that out or have you figured out how to do this tell us a little bit about that dynamic and two parents working three kids lots of needs and maybe the middle one has less needs than the other ones I don't know tell us uh, she's actually probably the most needy out of all of them when it comes to social uh, interactions she wants more than anything to be on my lap constantly um, and to be giving me hugs and to be snuggling with me. Sometimes it can be a problem. I think her and her brother do get jealous of each other because her brother is also sort of needy in, in that respect. He likes to sit on my lap a lot and, and snuggle up with me, but he doesn't like it if sissy's on my lap and snuggling up with me. So yeah. there's some fighting for that, but she's pretty self-sufficient and can entertain herself pretty well. And she's got a couple of friends that she goes and plays with and stuff like that. But we figured out pretty early on with her that if I could let her just sit next to me and do whatever she wants sitting next to me, that brother could sit on my lap and they could both get their snuggles. I just don't get to do anything during that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet. Is there anything that you believe to be true that most parents disagree with? I can't remember what I put in the questionnaire that you sent. I don't know. I haven't really been around a whole lot of special needs parents. I mean, my grandma is obviously a special needs parent, and so is my mother-in-law. But we don't really have a whole lot of disagreements on anything. Right. We, we agree pretty much on everything that I can think of. You said that you're into art, so I want to talk about how you and your husband take care of yourselves so that you're refreshed and able to take care of your kids. Tell us a little bit about how that works or doesn't work in your household. So when my first one came along, we were really struggling with that because he was working graveyards and I was working during the day. And so we really were like two passing ships. We never saw each other. When we were doing that, my brother lived here and he was great about taking her for me or for my husband and watching her for a little bit so we could do date nights and things like that. Now that we have all three of them and my brother is no longer living in the state with us, it has been really difficult. We have not gotten time away from the kids together for, oh goodness, it's probably been... Since our youngest was born, so two years. Wow. Yeah. Taking care of ourselves is just, you know, one person watching the kids a little bit longer one day so that my husband can go to the gym and can 
take out all of his emotions at the gym. He'll watch them for a little bit so that I can paint or go grocery shopping without the kids and just kind of wander around for a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're a special needs parent when the grocery shopping by yourself is like a, is a vacation. It is. (laughs) I admire that you guys are together. Most special needs parents end up splitting up the percentages say how have you guys been able to stick come together over the difficult things or have the difficult things kind of been difficult to deal with i would say probably like discipline and things like that those have been really difficult for us to deal with because i'm more on the gentle parenting side he's more on corporal punishment side of course there's no hitting or anything like that but there's a lot of timeouts and things and We've come to agreement on a lot of things. We've been married for 13 years now, and we were together for two years before we got married. So we've been together for about 15 years, and we can sit down and we can have a conversation, and it goes pretty well. It goes without argument a lot of the time. So I mean, I can't remember the last time that we got in a real big screaming argument. I don't think we ever have. That's great. Thanks for sharing. Is your quote, your the joy of motherhood one, is that the quote that you sent in? Yes. Motherhood come. All right, here we go. Casey's favorite quote, the joy of motherhood comes in moments. There will be hard times and frustrating times, but amid the challenges, there are shining moments of joy and satisfaction. M. Russell Ballard. Tell us about your favorite quote. <laughs> it stuck with me a lot the first time that I heard it because... Of course, with social media and stuff, you see all of the nice, pretty moments of everybody else's family, and you don't see the hard moments. And those hard moments can really take over and be really hard to get past. Like I said before, I had several moments with my kids where I just sat in my room and cried and wondered whether or not I was a good enough parent. Um, whether or not they'd be better off with a different parent kind of a thing. I have depression and I have anxiety. Struggling with their issues and struggling with my own issues, it got overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. Those moments where the first time that he said mom was just amazing. Every single time he does something that is new and unexpected is just fills me with joy. He used a fork and ate an entire piece of cake by himself. And it was just this joyous moment of, oh my goodness, he's using a fork. (laughs) We didn't even know that he knew how to do that. Moments when I can hear them upstairs in their room playing together and having fun and getting along. It's those things that I try to hold on to, to get me through those hard points. Well said, well said. Just to get more of your opinions and thoughts and experience, we do like a a lightning round of questions where you give one word to one sentence answers. Are you up for it? Yeah. All right. What's the best advice you, you have received? Having patience with yourself. Great. What online course topic would you sign up for today if it was available? Teaching. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? If you're in Southern Oregon, Dr. Fry is pretty great. (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? Time with my husband away from the kids. <laughs> nice. What, one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? If I'd had it at the time, more information about autism with my first child. Hmm. Do you have a favorite product or product you use for yourself, your child, or your family that you just love and couldn't live without? Earmuffs. <laughs> That's awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts from what we talked about or just what's on your heart to share with the parents in Naked Parent Nation? Just give yourself grace. Be patient. You're learning. It's not a perfect science. Parenthood is really hard, but you're doing great. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing your story and your journey. And I would love to connect down the road and get some updates on if there's new words or if there's new times it's we're playing together, if you're up for it. And uh, I hope you stay connected as a friend and partner of the show. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you again, and I hope you have a wonderful day to you and your family. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes, and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. So long.